Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the year 2020 in terms of Satellite Sisters podcast. 2020. Woo, it's all right, amazing. Sisters. We're here. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Los Angeles. I'm a writer and producer. I live in Pasadena, California. I have a couple of college-age sons. Some are out of college. So I've, I've grown sons. Yes. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I saw, just celebrated my 27th wedding anniversary. Congratulations nice. to me. Yeah. Uh, yes. and, uh, and I'm happy to be here today. Okay, I'm I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here with Leanne in the Wondery Studios in West Hollywood. I live in Santa Monica with my dog Hooper, and I've already warned both Julie and Leanne that if the washing machine delivery people call me during the show, I'm taking the call. So exciting! I have my ringer turned off, but you know, I got the auto call last night that they are not respecting the window that we had pre-established. So whatever. Anyway. That's hi, just me. Hi, today. this is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and I just love the excitement of the cone of uncertainty that you put us in today, Liz. That's really good. I, I work on this podcast. I've lived and traveled all over the world. I have five grandchildren, and I refer to myself as Urban Nana because some of my grandchildren are in urban urban settings and I have learned to adapt and fold up uh, strollers and and be a grandmother in urban settings. So I'm happy to be here and wishing everyone a very happy 2020. Julie, we have to just start by acknowledging once again the Saints and the damage that was done this Sunday. You're a big New Orleans Saints fan. Last year there was the no call. This year it just felt like yeah. again the Saints. The Saints were robbed of an opportunity. Now, I know we have a lot of Minnesota Viking fans a who listen. A lot of Vikings fans. But yeah. I have to say, I, I don't, how, did, how is it possible that the NFL has now ruined the last two minutes of football? What was that call? Like, let's let the clock run down and spiking the ball. They took what was the only exciting portion of the game, and they have now implemented new penalties. I'm sorry, Jill. Are you okay? I, no, I'm not okay. okay. I can't even process it. I can't even speak about it this morning. I know we have many, many, we know many, many nice people in Minnesota. I, I, I just can't talk about it yet. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, but on a more serious note, can we also start the show by sending our best thoughts to satellite sister Allison from Melbourne, Australia, and to all of her compatriots. Yes. Allison has been posting on the Satellite Sister Facebook group um, just about the incredible pictures about the monumental bushfires mm. that are taking such a devastating uh, human, environmental, and economic toll on Australia. And it is both, it is shock and awe to see these terrible fires and to know of the destruction and to know of, you know, just the loss of human life, of animals, of, you know, livelihoods. So it is with um, great sympathy and empathy that we are sending our best to everyone in Australia. Yes, yes, really, really brutal to watch. Yes, right, yeah, so. and as Californians here, Liz and I, yes. we know that these wildfires—they're terrifying and they're destructive, and mm -hmm. yeah, they're just there's a there's just a level of rage and uncertainty and right a, and, and, a helplessness. And, a, and a hopelessness, yeah, yeah. A, yeah. A helplessness about them because mm -hmm. because of their ferocity. Yep. Yes, exactly. Okay, well, good luck, Australia. Um, there's nothing we can really do for the Saints. but So we are moving into uh, 2020. <laughs> that was so, brutal, Liz. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm supposed to forward promote the show, Liz. Let me okay. forward promote the show. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you tried, though. You tried hard to make that turn. That was tough. 
that was tough. We are going to be doing our themes for 2020 and some of your themes from the Facebook listeners. Uh, in the second segment, we have news. Julie, you have the wild and crazy story of uh, the automobile executive that escaped from Japan. I mean, that this is the great escape. We're going to talk about some of the details of this. Uh, you just you just got to hold on to this because this is an amazing story. Liz, you have the story of Harvey Weinstein. You read all the books. You listened to all, all the, the books. podcasts. I, know, I, know all the, I got all the news. Uh, like, it's important that we pay attention to it because now the cases are starting yes. in court. But there's so much more information you can take in in other ways that's actually better. Okay. I have a story I want to do on the tech that we need to watch for 2020. And oh. why I think it's really important for women in particular to stay, stay current and stay active. I have some updates on the Sweeney Sisters, my new book that's coming out. So a couple of events. I want to announce, and then also some giveaways that will be happening, and lots happening in Entertaining Sisters. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, if we get to all these stories, that it should just be a complete report. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, here you go, Liz. Twenty twenty, <laughs> do it. Okay. Well, I actually prepped for today's first show of twenty twenty by listening to our first show of twenty nineteen. Because I couldn't actually remember what people set up as your goals. <laughs> I just, like, I knew there was some stuff that we had said, here's what we're going to do this year, or here's what we're thinking about. But it wasn't fresh fresh in my mind. Mm. So I did go listen to that. And you can listen, too. It's always there in our archive. But, <laughs> Lee, and one thing that made me laugh is at the very beginning of our show, first show of 2019, that you said that 2019, just as a year, sounds like a science fiction year. Yes. Like, bad things are going to happen yeah. in 2019. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> wasn't a great year. That was, yeah. I mean, well, I have to say, personally, not, not so not great. Not so great. All the way around, <laughs> you were right. You had a sense that 2019 was going to be scary, and it was. But I feel like 2020, maybe just it's nice round numbers. Yes. It's easy to say. I'm feeling kind of positive about 2020. Good. You know, obviously Good. there are things you need to completely overlook in order to feel positive <laughs> about 2020. Right. Uh, but I'm ready to do that. And I'm also very surprised at how motivating I have found the whole new decade thing. The fact that it's a new decade snuck up on me, but I'm digging it. Because that's it's because well you when you hear my theme you'll understand why I'm gonna need ten years. Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh, Liz. But Julie, right. also, always, oh, you're always ambitious, Liz. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Julie, in the first show of 2019, your theme was uh, the year of the child. So that's I just right. wanted I, to know I, how I, you feel like you did with that. I feel like I did a very deli- made a very deliberate effort to help the children in my family and my grandchildren. And then also I made a very big commitment to work for an organization that provides high quality early childhood education to children from low income communities. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and that there's a lot always more work to do. But I feel like I really did dedicate myself to the two children last year. Of course, it will be an ongoing theme, but I've got a new theme for this. Okay. All right. Well, we're about to hear it. My theme was related to Operation Sea Turtle, my health and fitness initiative, and it was focus on the fun. Try to do fun things that made me feel healthy and good. And I feel like I really did that. We started the year, Julie, with our adventure in Argentina, and I ended the year with another adventure with my friend Chris, my fitness vacation I had at the end of the year. So, Julie, what is your new theme for 2020? My new theme is that I'm going to start each day with hope. Okay, that is that's my theme. That is how I'm going to start the day. It's kind of like a prayer every day, but I'm going to start with hope. But here's the thing. It's not just like random hope. I want this to be very intentional about, um, you know, my life, my family's life, my life in my in the community, in the world. Um, and I'm going to try to make hope happen every day. That's Ooh. the other part of my theme. Okay? Make hope happen. Wow, I like it. I'm going to make one. hope happen. I'm going to start my day with hope, with prayer, and then I'm going to make it make hope happen. Okay. Uh, so that is, that's how I'm proceeding in 2020. All right. Good luck with that. Okay. So, all right, Leanne. Now, in our show notes, in our production call yesterday, right. you refused to tell us. You said you said keeping it a surprise, which we thought was your theme for 2020. <laughs> well, I no. thought that was your theme. <laughs> and, but then you explained, no, that is, you didn't want us to know in right. advance. So, okay. Right. What's your theme for 2020? All right. So, my theme for 2019 was every day I'm Brusselin, all right? Because yeah. I, I got it from a towel at Target. Yeah. And I like that. It fit yeah, me. because was la- deep, Leanne. Yeah. That was a very deep one. Because yeah. last year I had to do a lot of Brusselin. I had 
yeah. to like finish a book and do a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. But I was also eating a lot of Brussels sprouts. Yes. And then that all came to a screaming halt in the fall when I was diagnosed with colon cancer. Yes. And you know what I may never eat again, Liz? Brussels, Brussels sprouts. <laughs> so that's... Because they didn't do any good? <laughs> See, I, they didn't do any good. And now I only have half a colon. They could do a lot of damage. So, okay. so I'm not... Okay. Br- I'm no longer no bristling. No more bristling. No, okay. No longer bristling. But... You know, I, I wanted to I wanted to kind of think about like, oh, this cancer thing and people have asked, has it changed me? And you know, the short answer is no, I am not a nicer person. Like <laughs> I, I, I haven't all of a sudden found patients in the parking lot or in line at the grocery store. Okay. Right. You know, I mean not immediately, for instance. You know, I can say that. But I have sort of thought about what happens next very differently? So I was trying to get at the idea that I want to use my time wisely, not to be too maudlin, but just, uh-huh. okay, like, what am I doing now? And am I enjoying that? Is it serving me? Is it time well spent? Yeah. So my theme was going to be time well spent. And then I realized oh. that was like the motto from the New York Times. So, yes. uh, but it was Can a good... I also say time well spent was the solution to the puzzle when I was on concentration when I was 12. <laughs> That's time well spent. And you remember, I did not guess the solution. Okay. So I feel very bitter I towards know. that I know. phrase. Well, good news. I'm not keeping it. <laughs> okay, good. I'm not keeping it. Because when the I was at yoga on the 31st of December and I walked in, and one of the things I found myself saying a lot lately when people say, hey, Leanne, how you doing? And I found myself saying, happy to be here. Because you know what? I'm happy Mm -hmm. to be here. Mm -hmm. I am happy to be here. I'm happy to be here at large in this chair, in this room. Like, and so I thought, as soon as I said it, I was like, that's my, that's my motto for for 2020. Happy to be here. It implies that like what I'm doing is intentional and that when I'm there, I'm going to enjoy it and I'm happy to be here. But the stuff that yeah. does not You're make not, me... Yeah, it's better than crabby to be here. It is Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or in the... Bitter, col- bitter about being here? Crappy is more usually what colon cancer jokes involve. <laughs> crappy to be here. But um, I'm but happy it means to be you here. also are only going to choose things that make you happy? Exactly. That, you know, just be intentional. And, and that's so just... Okay. Just that's it. So that is my theme for 2020. Happy to, Crappy to be here. Oh, no, wait. Happy, <laughs> happy to be here. Happy to be here. Liz, what is yours? Yeah, that is not. Crappy to be here is not going to look good no. on a dish towel at all. <laughs> okay. Mine is, um, as I say, I'm very motivated by this decade yeah. thing. I seem to have found that mm-hmm. like a good handle. So mine is take the long view. That the... Which helps me both, like, it helps me in health and fitness. It helps me deal with some of the less than wonderful things that are happening in the world right now. Right. Really think about what am I doing that is going to be good in the long term. Try not to get sucked down into the drama of the moment or negativity of the moment. Right. Really try to rise above, take the long view, and only devote your time to things that are good, that are going to make your decade better. Oh. So that's 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 what I'm doing. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Take the long view. I like, I like it. that too. All right. Mm-hmm. These okay. are all these are all excellent. We all did a lot of good work on this. And you have done a lot of good work on this. We asked this question on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. What is your theme or your motto or your word of the year? And we got a lot of great responses. Um I, I have to give it up for Dave, who a satellite Mr. Dave, who said 2020's theme is entirely vision related. See things more clearly and focus on improving. Hmm. I don't know why it did not occur to me like 2020, 2020 vision oh. like, until January 1. I was, <laughs> I know I've been busy, but I was like, oh, duh. Yeah. yeah 2020 vision. Like, yeah. great. So, Dave, way to, way to nail it. A lot of people had vision. Yes, vision related. Vision. Yeah. Puns. Did not even occur to me. So, Dave, <laughs> way ahead of me. All right. Aaron had one that people responded well to. Be fierce but kind. So I like okay, that. I like that. That's two we, hard things. We to... always like kindness. Yes. I appreciated Lori's. Lori's is no pressure, no diamonds. Mm. And you know what? This is like not a feel good one, but because Lori said, I got a lot to do at work. Some personal stuff is intense. Some work stuff is intense. And I need the reminder to focus on that. Focusing on the present will lead to a beautiful and sparkly future. That's true. That's a take the long view. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an excellent motto and an excellent justification. All right, Carolyn, this is a good one. <laughs> I love it. It's maximize 
in place. Hmm. Okay, stay with me. Carolyn wrote that it came from a major decision she made last year to remodel her home instead of moving to a bigger, more expensive place. So now she's carrying over the theme into other parts of her life. Health, relationships, work. It basically means to make the most of what I have and enjoy it all to the max. To the max. Maximize in place. I like like that one a lot. That one resonated with me. Make it to the max, Carolyn. I like it too. All right. Stephanie has a great one. I'm exhausted for you, Stephanie, but I like it. One more. She said, there's always time for one more story to my kids, one more win at working out, one more I love you, one more hug, one more apology, one more thank you. There's always oh. time for one more. Yeah. That's inspirational. It is. Yes. See, Stephanie's a lot nicer She's than me. She's so nice. <laughs> That's <what> I try. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Stephanie. You're really, well, really Well, it's nice. not really a nice contest, Leanne. You know, no, I mean, these are just themes to, I to direct us, you know, exactly. to inspire us. Thank you, Joy. And then John Carla wrote, embrace the process. Mm-hmm. Mostly applied to my artwork, but life in general is a journey, not a destination, and we should enjoy each step. Yeah, that's a good one to that just remind so yourself. Yes. All you right. Know. There was a whole category of things I'm not going to do, and some of these made me laugh. One was just no groaning. Oh, yeah. Which <laughs> is <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, my friend Natalie wrote, less fat, less nat. Like, <laughs> Just trying to slim down. So that gets the humor award. Yes, at least it makes you laugh, right? (laughs) And less talk, more listening, also good. Okay, we should all adopt that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then just in the words category, people filled in with single words, joy, action, discipline, okay? Thrive. thrive. There were a couple of people who've been through some health challenges, and so theirs were health-related. Thrive was one. Calm, that's an excellent one. Connection and reconnection, those are both good. And then hope and peace. So that's a nice way to end that, right? Can't argue with any of those. No, all all good. And there's still plenty of time, even if you haven't picked a theme, to pick a theme, right? I mean, wait, you don't need to have done this by January 1. No, I I would like to make a point that I picked a theme for the last two months of 2019. Uh, That was my Finish Strong theme. Mm -hmm. And I recommend this for the future. I think I was more successful with my closing theme than I was with my (laughs) opening theme. Because the good news about finishing a theme, a Finishing strong is that, of course, some of the stuff you're finishing strong on, you're going to be late, which means you go into the new year with all of this momentum. Mm -hmm. You're feeling great about your ability to get stuff done. And you have a few more little things on your list that you can just get done immediately. So you you really start the year with a bang. Because if you're finishing strong, then it really helped me start strong. You saw the photos of me (laughs) painting my kitchen floor just saying. Liz, that was that was amazing. I did notice that the color of your kitchen floor and your hair are the same. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did it on the same day, Julie. I know that seems weird, but I did, I did do it on the same day. Yeah, I had just been, you know, the kitchen floor thing had just been on my mind for several years. I'll admit that. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, now, doing it now. So over the New Year's weekend, it wasn't really a weekend, midweek, whatever. I did it. So I went into, I started yeah. the year with, like, finishing a kitchen floor, which is very satisfying. <laughs> it is. Painting is satisfying. It is. It's satisfying. Well, those are our themes. Let us know what your themes are. If you're not a member of our Satellite Sisters Facebook group, we would love to have you. It is a very convivial group over there. We, It's a private group. It's for listeners of the podcast. And that's just so that people understand the Satellite Sisters ethos and know how to communicate and how we roll here at Satellite Sisters. So you can just search Satellite Sisters on Facebook. And then you have to answer a couple of questions. And uh, and then you're in. There's a lot of very serious and thoughtful discussions yeah. that happen over there, as well as just a lot of cheeseboarding photos. So it's a really <laughs> a nice... It's a nice, good combo. It's a really an interesting mix of uh, content over there at Satellite Sisters and people are very well behaved and lovely. Yes. That's what I that's what I would yes, say. That's the probably the best part about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. It absolutely it's is. Just a little corner of the internet that's actually working for the people. <laughs> All right. We're so, making hope happen over there. <laughs> we yeah, are. Think about it. All right. We would like to thank a couple of our sponsors. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting... 
rave reviews. Leon, I am not surprised. You have been on that pro's hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. All right. Well, we're back. And, you know, sisters, there was some pretty amazing news over the holidays about what I'm calling the great escape. This is well, what I'm referring to, of course, is former Nissan CEO, Carlos Gosen was eluded house arrest in Tokyo, Japan, and somehow made it to Beirut, Lebanon, okay? Mm -hmm. And the details of this story are very impressive. So Carlos Goshen was arrested for financial crimes. I don't know if he's innocent, guilty, who knows? But in Japan, the 99% of the people who are arrested for a crime are you are convicted? Mm-hmm. Wow! So, really? Yeah. So, oh, they don't mess yeah, around. So that yeah. was, his odds weren't good. He was waiting trial. He was under house arrest. But here's the thing: he had already been caught once trying to escape detention by wearing a construction worker's costume. He had tried to get yeah. elude the Japanese officials once. So they were watching him pretty carefully. He was under restrictive house arrest. His wife couldn't visit him. He was allowed to visit with his attorney once a day, but they took away his three passports. He had a U.S. passport, a French passport, and a Lebanese passport. They had taken those away, but a plan was hatched and he wanted out. Okay. So the first thing about this is it costs a lot of money. Carlos Goshen is a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. And he about three months ago, he put together a team of 10 to 15 people from a wide range of nationalities. Okay. Then he hired an exfil expert. Do you know what that is, Leanne? An exfil expert? It seems like a word you only hear in like spy movies right. and things, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, my husband knew all about this because, you know, he watches he's a all spy. the spy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is, you know, these are extraction, exfiltration mm-hmm. okay. from hostile mm-hmm. places. It's a so homeland hired, kind of work. Yeah. yeah. So he hired Michael Taylor, who had been working for the FBI, the State Department, the DEA. He had a background in Iraq, you know, in Iraq and Afghanistan. He had also been hired by The New York Times to rescue a reporter. So he had a real, you know, he had a real expert on that. So Taylor and his team, uh, so he hired this exfil expert, they made 20 different trips to Japan. Oh, uh, wow. And they checked out 10 different airports, and they were probing these the, the security at various airports and transportation hubs so that they could put together a plan to get Goshen out of the country. And they found a weakness in Osaka. Osaka Mm. is a major city in Japan, of course. It's about 300 miles from Tokyo, where Goshen was being kept. But they they figured out that at at the Osaka airport in the private jet terminal, that they did that terminal is not fully staffed. They Mm. only staff it when planes come in, and then it's staffed by the airlines. They don't have government officials 
you know, checking people in for security. And then the other thing about the Osaka private jet terminal was there was no scanner for oversized luggage. They had, you know, just... (laughs) Which wouldn't seem that important until you hear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So... Then, so what the, the plan that they devised, and, and they're, apparently Goshen is going to give um, a, press, a, a press conference later this week, but they traveled that somehow he was seen outside at 2.30 in the afternoon, sort of walking around. He wore, he wore a medical mask a lot when he was outside, which is not, un, which is not unco- which uncommon in Asia. Many people do that for, you know, health and, you know, germs issues. I don't know. We don't know why he was wearing it. But then apparently he traveled by bullet train from Tokyo to Osaka. He went, in, uh, he went to an Osaka hotel where he met Taylor and uh, another, and they put him in a law oversized music equipment box. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those big things right. that they, you know, you see for concerts, Leans, you yeah. know, but, but they had drilled holes in the bottom of this box and they also had it on wheels. They had two of these and they wheeled this, you know, it couldn't go through the scanner and then they wheeled these boxes onto the cabin of the plane. They didn't uh, put obviously put him in the luggage department. Mm-hmm. So he was on the cabin of the plane and they had they had hired two private jets. That's why I'm saying this is a like a it's very costly <laughs> expense trip. But the private jets had flown with Turkish pilots from Dubai to Osaka, okay? And then on the return from Osaka to Istanbul, but they had gone through only like Russian airspace. And so, um, and when then they got to Istanbul, I guess Goshen got out of the box and they had a second smaller jet waiting for him to, to, uh, to fly from Turkey to Lebanon. And this is important because I think they didn't want to have much time on the ground. That's a long flight from, uh, from Osaka, Japan to uh, Istanbul. And they probably didn't want to wait to refuel the flight, uh, uh, the yeah. bigger jet. So they had the smaller jet. They put him on the smaller jet, flew him into Ist- uh, into Lebanon, where he had grown up in Lebanon. His wife was there. And apparently he had fake or duplicate passports because he did present a French passport and ID as he was arriving in Lebanon. You know, Is- I read today the detail. He had two French passports for a very tiny percentage of French business people who may have to leave countries quickly, France yeah. issues two legit passports. Oh, so really? He turned... my, my husband, my husband, Trump has, uh, my husband has two passports. Okay. So there you go. Yeah, that, so that's, that, that is not that's uncommon why he had for two. Like, yeah. Yeah. Where, where, or that you have to submit your passport to a country to get right. a visa and you need to travel somewhere else. A lot of people right. have. Multiple passports. Well, yep. Does your yep. husband also have multiple jets, Julie, that we don't know about? <laughs> I think that's it. I mean, so again, when you are planning your exfil, wow. okay, this is, you need a big pile of cash yeah. and you can be sure that uh, Taylor and his crew, because of the successful extraction of Goshen, that they got their bonuses, um, that yeah. you need a big pile of uh, cash. Yes, I would go with multiple private jets. <laughs> that seems to be the way to go. And that, you know, to, you know, really, pro- I think... The, the security leaks that they uh, were able to find, I think, is a, a huge embarrassment for Japan and obviously something that uh, will be tightened up. But I was surprised they just didn't um, put an ankle bracelet on them, but apparently they don't do that in Japan. Mm-hmm. So he did. they didn't even know well, he had I left bet, the country. Bet, yeah. Right. So I think they will now. Yeah. But, yes. um, and again, while we're not commenting on his guilt or innocence no. or the financial crimes or, you know, any of that, but just the, um, this is going to make a great movie, yeah. you know. <laughs> the audacity. They'll, but they'll turn him into a super good guy in the movie. Yeah. Right? So you can be pretty yeah. certain of that. The, yeah. Uh, but, and he may or may not be. I don't, you know, that right. that is to be determined. Right. Uh, but, uh he, you know, obviously wanted out of Japan, and it was a very daring uh, trip. We don't know a lot of details about the train trip. Uh, they do know that he was, they, they went into an Osaka hotel. Three men went in, two men, and a giant case came out. So they're pretty <laughs> certain that that's when, uh, when it all happened. Well, Leon, with your claustrophobia, I'm guessing that the getting into a giant 
case on wheels <laughs> is not going to be your exfil strategy, right? I not don't know though. He was he was facing all that, uh, you know, some hard time, tech, some confinement. Mm-hmm. He was in yep. the you know the worst kind of confinement there for a while. So, okay. I feel like I could be drugged up and do it. <laughs> that, hey, that's my new motto. Drug me up. <laughs> but yeah, you're yeah. just happy to be there. Happy when to be here. You, when they put you in the case, Leon. Happy to that's be what here. you're gonna say. <laughs> okay, so he may or may not be a bad guy. We have no way of knowing that. But one guy we know for sure is a super bad guy is Harvey Weinstein. And as you've seen from the papers, he went on trial in New York this week. Um unbelievably, the same day his trial started, like just Hours after the Manhattan courtroom like opened up and he walked in to stand trial there for sexual assault, he was charged here in Los Angeles with four more counts of rape and sexual battery. And so he's obviously in a lot of trouble. The reason I bring this up is not because we need to like rehash what's happening in the trials, because I think... I think it's really hard with these kinds of trials. You never know how they're going to turn out. You never know what can be proven in a court of law based on the legal standards. And some of these, especially the New York case, it's a very, it's kind of a unique set of circumstances. So, And it's a relatively small charge, yes, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, but, so that's why I would recommend... Don't be confused by all of the debate you're going to see in the news over this trial or rulings in the trial. If you really want to know like what a what a bad guy Harvey Weinstein is, there are two fantastic books about it. Um, incredibly well-researched from the Pulitzer Prize-winning uh, people that... Uh, so one is the book Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow, and the other one is the book She Said by Megan Toohey and Jody Cantor. So Ronan Farrow uh, published one of the early Weinstein stories in The New Yorker and won a Pulitzer Prize for it, uh, and Megan Toohey and Jody Cantor were the reporters at The New York Times that actually broke the story wide open. They also won a Pulitzer Prize, and that's for the story they published on um, October uh, 2017. So anyway, so now they've both written detailed books about what it was like to get women to reveal just the decades of abuse and assault that Harvey Weinstein um, had engaged in and the elaborate, talk about like cover-ups, the elaborate machinery to make sure he never um, like was punished for any of this. So I listened to both of the books, as I said, and they're both really interesting and fascinating in different ways because Ronan Farrow's book is, uh, it's as much about the, the, surveillance he was under while he was reporting the story and Mm. the pushback he got. He was at NBC News at the time and NBC News kept giving him like red light, green light, red light, green light on whether or not they were ever going to put the story on the news. And ultimately they decided not to. And that's when he left, took it to The New Yorker. But so the the Ronan Farrow book is sort of a it's a spy thriller, but it's also really what it's like to be a super meticulous investigative journalist. And so it's fascinating from that point of view, but it's it's mainly Ronan Farrow's story. But I do recommend it. I thought it was fascinating. Then I listened to She Said. So Megan Toohey and Jody Cantor had also been working on this story the whole time. They kind of vaguely knew that Ronan Farrow was also reporting on it, but the New York Times had been focusing on this for a long time. And so they, this book is it's so emotional. I found it so hmm. moving because a lot of it is the confidential discussions they had with actresses and former Weinstein employees and other sources trying to just get them to understand that if you tell me your story, I promise we will publish this. I promise we will take care of you. Because many of the women who had tried to tell their story in the past, they had never been believed. The publications had chickened out and never published anything. And they hadn't chickened out because they were not trying to come to the truth of this. They had chickened out because the machinery around Harvey Weinstein was so powerful and so dangerous that they really, they they couldn't find a way to tell the story and also protect themselves legally. And you know who comes off like another super bad guy in this hotel? In this oh. hotel is David Boyes, the famous lawyer. Oh, right. Yes, yeah. yes. Big shot David Boyes. Oh, my God. When you read She Said, actually, Catch and Kill, too. 
Like the stuff David Boyes did to keep like justice away from Harvey Weinstein, just I understand he's a defense lawyer and it's his job, but in my opinion, not a lawyer. It went way beyond the ethics of what you would want a lawyer to do. Anyway, he was so, he was a lawyer working for Theranos as well. Right. Yes, uh, right? yes, uh, yeah. So do you do you think these do you think? I mean, having read both of these books or listened to the book and read, do you think justice will be served? I mean, or do you think the Harvey Weinstein machinery is still out there and will uh, block justice? I guess that's why I wanted to bring it up, like. I think justice may or may not be served in the courts. I think justice has to be served in public opinion mm-hmm. and in people really understanding what happened here and the, the depth of what happened. I mean, there are 80 women who have come forward. So he could lose a case in New York or lose a case in Los Angeles. But I'm telling you, when you listen to both of these books, the evidence is just so overwhelming. The numbers of women who have come forward uh, with their stories. But also, I like I wanted people to know that in the book, she said there's a fascinating epilogue where the reporters, Megan and Jody, go back to many of the sources in the book to talk to them about how did their life change after the story got published. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was just so revealing and so fascinating because, as we know here at Satellite Sisters, there there needs to be a sisterhood. We need to find power in each other. We need to uh, really have each other's backs across a wide range of things. And one of the hard things they had in reporting this story is that people would say, well, I'll tell my story if you have other people. Right. And so to try to be the Nobody wanted to be the first one. No actress wanted to be the first actress. No Miramax employee wanted to be the first employee. And so there were a handful of people that did agree to go first. Ashley Judd was the actress who agreed to go first. And there was somebody in the Miramax London office who agreed to go first. And then this unlocked a sense of other people felt like it was safe for them to come forward now. Anyway, in this epilogue, and she, she said, they have a whole bunch of... These women never knew about each other and could never know about each other, even in the reporting that Megan and Jody were doing because they were too afraid that Harvey Weinstein would find out. Oh, wow. So they never oh. told one woman, we already have another woman on the record saying this, and they really had to manage that. But after the fact, they have this big gathering, which, okay, it happened at Gwyneth Paltrow's house, so you (laughs) make of that what you will. Make of that what you will. She came forward. Yes, where a whole number of these women from all different walks of life actually got together and talked about the experience after the fact. And you know what? Most of them, Julie, to answer your question, I mean, they're not over it. They don't right. have justice. They don't, they, okay, they came forward, but has he actually paid a price yet? Well, not, not really. really. Do they feel like there are several of them that have been outspoken that the laws that kept them silent, those laws haven't changed. So that's, I think, for me, coming away reading these two books, the justice has to be in how we change the regulations about what happens to women when they step forward inside their company, inside any institution, and how we don't, we have this machinery that silences women. Mm -hmm. So justice is when the machinery doesn't silence women. Anyway, I recommend both of these books. If you felt like maybe you only had one in your future, (laughs) that that maybe two is a little too much, I would read She Said, but then Ronan Farrow has turned Catch and Kill into a podcast where he talks to some of his sources. Oh. So read She Said, but if you're interested in the investigative journalism part of it, also listen to Catch and Kill, the podcast. So that is my um, that is my report on that. All right. Okay. And we know you're on it, Liz. Good. Yeah. Excellent reporting. Okay. Uh, you know, it's the beginning of the year, so we have a lot of, like, futuristic articles out there. And one that caught my eye, just because it's been something that's been very much on my mind lately, is uh, from the New York Times, the tech that will invade our lives in 2020. And from smart homes to ultra-fast wireless speeds, here's what to watch. All right. Here's what to watch, ladies. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same okay. tech. Tell us, Leanne. 
<laughs> Nothing's changed. It's the same tech that we, we've had, all right? It's, the same, it's just getting faster and it's getting better. Our uh -huh. smartphones are going to get smarter. Our refrigerators want to talk to us and tell us how much milk we have left. That's fine. Like our Fitbits now are going to be telling us not only our heart rate but our temperature and like how likely we are to get the flu. Oh. Your earbuds are going to be able to double as hearing aids. Which oh, I think that those is... are good. I'm signing up for those. Yeah. So this is all great. All right. And everyone should get on it. And here's why. Because I cannot hear one more woman say to me, oh, I'm not very techie. Mm. All right. Now, mm. I work with women in volunteer capacities and in real life capacities. And when women say that to me, it is like snails on a chalkboard because snails on a chalkboard snails and nails very slow okay. here's why because you know what it's been 30 years ladies yeah get on board get on like, board uh, if you haven't figured out how to use your phone or uh, you know microsoft word that, that's not technology yes it's microsoft word it's uh -huh. basic communication skills now yes and i just i feel like it's the most unempowering thing women can say. Uh -huh. So whether it's really learning how to use your phone or talking to your refrigerator, <laughs> even if you don't want to, or signing up and taking a, boy, how do I actually send an email? <laughs> I mean, I know. Wait a minute. You know women that don't know how to do that? Okay. You know women that really, really struggle. Uh -huh. And it's it's not all age, you know? Yeah. It's just people, these are some people that had really uh, high-powered jobs who also had assistants, so they didn't... They never learned that they stuff. Never they never learned ever. how to do stuff. And, or they yeah, were I out mean, of the workforce the entirely. the point that you just don't want to lose ground. Right. You, want to, you don't have to master right. everything new, you know, but you just don't want to feel inadequate or lose ground or lose your ability to communicate or to operate in a more modern world. It right? really makes you look powerless. Yeah. And, yeah. and at some point, yeah. then you will lose power. Mm -hmm. Like, and then it becomes sort of a burden. I don't want to say it, but if you don't know how to like use Word, <laughs> I, I don't know what. <laughs> like, apparently that's an issue. That's a, that's the trigger one for you, Leanne. Well, yeah. I am a professional writer, so I have a lot of I people know. send me pages, and they're like written in Apple Notes. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> this is like, handy me. Here's my novel on post its. What is this? <laughs> like, there's an industry standard, I, and it's yes. been thirty years. Like, right. get on board. I don't know what you're waiting for, but it's not going away. We're not going backwards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And someone on our Facebook group posted last week, like, I want to learn something new. And I know we don't need to, quote, spend more time with our devices. But understanding actually hardware versus software or a couple of programs or yeah. how to do your calendar, or, those could be life-saving, empowering skills. And so I okay, just I don't... I can't believe you just mentioned calendars. I know. I, know. I was like... <laughs> I know. Mine are a little muddled, Leanne. Yeah. Okay, so don't throw that crappy dish towel at me. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, oh. Crappy to be here. That's... No, but I. But it's the women that don't even try. And I'm singling out women because I, I've heard so many women say that. Oh, yeah. I'm not techie. You just you can't say that anymore. Yeah. You have to get on board. Nothing is going to age you faster than if you don't know how to use your phone. Right. <laughs> so mm -hmm. enough with the self-care and <laughs> Figure out software is what I would say. Yeah. Get on it, ladies. Mm -hmm. That's my tech advice for 2020. Don't let it pass you by. Yeah. So if you're a calendar coach, could you DM me? Because I can't. Yeah. I'm having trouble merging my Google calendars with my Outlook calendars. But, I'll just say that's all it is. But Liz, you're trying. I am. Oh, and yes. you have taught yourself a ton of software. I have. Julie, yes. last uh -huh. year we made the leap into Google Groups. And that yes. puts us so far ahead of so many of our peers. Like we're Google Docking and we're Google Calendaring and we're sharing. And like we've Hey, tried. wait a minute. We taught ourselves how to make a podcast. Yes. Right. That's what I mean. Like how to edit and distribute a podcast. Yeah, I'm not techie either. You're not techie, no. but we. It keeps us young. It keeps us young, <laughs> clear it, and empowered, which is not a word I throw around a lot. But mm -hmm. I, I just believe like you're doing more damage than you think by just saying, "Oh, I'm going to take a pass." Just yeah. don't do it. Get okay. on board. Get on board. Wow, that's super good advice, Leanne. Okay, we're starting off 2020 with a bang. <laughs> oh, I got to thank some sponsors. I was so empowered, I forgot. <laughs> Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, 
just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) In their skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. You can can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers (laughs) this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, Liz. A youthful glow is going to (laughs) happen. And it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what what I'm recommending. (laughs) By the way, you're just going to (laughs) buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate free, and wild caught seafood. No antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Okay. All right. Now, Leanne, you've got some updates on the Sweeney Sisters. Yeah. So this is exciting because this is the year 2020. It's the year of the it's, Sweeney Sisters. I know. It's really, it really hit me. Yeah. Ja- many things hit me. But January 1st, I was yeah. like, uh-oh, here we go. Your I new mean, novel comes out this year. Yes, April 28th. So um, as and I'm putting together a small tour. It's not going to be extensive. I just want people to know that. I'm going to the cities where I can go to. Um, but my first date, April 28th, will be in Pasadena, California. And I Yay. wanted to let people know that. So that is the launch. It's a Tuesday. That's the actual day of publication. So I'm opening my launch at my favorite hometown bookstore, Romans. That's Tuesday, April 28th in Pasadena. I- I'm sure it'll be around 7. I don't have a time yet. But mm-hmm. it will be at night. Not in. <laughs> We're here during the day. Yeah. And then, then I have to go to dance class. And then we'll have the book launch. So that's, that's what's happening April 28th. That's so exciting. Yes. 
But up first, I'm actually going to be at a panel in Mission Viejo, California, in February, February 16th. And we're going to have the ticket link in the show notes. It's Mm -hmm. a panel of other authors. I'm excited to be there. Many of you have already bought tickets, and that will be exciting. We'll have some fun Satellite Sisters in the audience. But there are still tickets available. They're $25. It's before publication, but I have been promised that my new book will be in the swag bag. Oh, wow. There may be other books there from the other authors. That's great. But the Sweeney Sisters, an advanced copy will be in it. And there are snacks at that <laughs> event. So um, Sweeney, can't Sweeney, Sisters that. And Sweeney Sisters and snacks. Yeah. That is qu- quite a powerful combo. Yeah. And then I wanted to let people know uh, we are going to start to do some giveaways in February and March on the show. Mm-hmm. So I have to determine what those are. But with the publisher, we're going to be doing giving away some advanced copies. So if you're not near Mission Viejo and you can't get to that swag bag, there will be opportunities on the mm-hmm. show. You could also go over to Goodreads where they're giving away some copies too. Yeah, so. we've seen some pictures of people in the yes. Facebook group who yes. got copies. Yes. Was that through Goodreads? Some are through Goodreads. Some are through, like, they're on a press list somewhere, and uh, the publisher sends them out. I don't have a ton of control over who gets the advanced copies. Okay. And, and okay. so that just, to be Good. honest. Yeah, no. I don't, they're not, I, I only get, I only get in my contract 25 copies. That's huh? it. Huh? So I don't have the ability to, like, hand out lots of copies. Okay. And I had to give half of those to my agent. So really I only had a dozen <laughs> copies. So that's why, Liz, you read it, and I said, could you give me the copy back? Yes, yeah. I brought it back to the studio today, Julie, because I know Leanne might want to give it to someone more important. So yeah. uh, <laughs> She told me to give my copy to someone more important, too. Yeah, yeah. And I purposely didn't write anything in the margin. Normally when I read a book, especially when I know I'm going to want to talk about it, I like circle things and put exclamation points in the margin. This The book is still pristine, Leanne. Yeah, did okay, not good. It. Excellent. But I just want to say... Oh, my God. I loved, like, okay, I loved your previous two books, too. Yes. You know, they were great, and they were super fun. But I just feel like the Sweeney Sisters is, like, this major step in a bigger direction for you. Most of all, I loved the characters, not just because they were sisters, but they were really good, interesting sisters. And they were they were leading super complex lives. I think that's my favorite thing about the whole book is Mm -hmm. that— Everyone in it had a complicated life, and yet they were trying to be together as a family or as friends or as couples or whatever it is. The whole thing is really complex, Leanne. Thank you, And Liz. as I was reading, I was like, how did she do this? Which I know is not the most uh, literary of reviews, but like, oh my God, this is so complicated. How did she do this? This is all fitting together. Julie, yeah, didn't you people feel should know, People should know, Leanne doesn't really ask for our advice or help when she's writing these books. We no. know nothing about no. what you're doing, why would, right? Why would she? We don't know. Uh, well, because we're her sisters. She might. No. She might. No. She, in, she invites other people who other authors to provide, uh, you know, uh, information or background or whatever. But so it's a big surprise when we get to read Leanne's book. And yes, I think the sisterhood of these sisters, it is what's so compelling and engaging and which really propels the story. And while they are not us, um, I thought for a while they might be because, uh, you know, one has, they have red hair, Leanne. And so I thought perhaps, but uh, they're very familiar. Like you're going to really like these, uh, these girls. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you. That's excellent so, reviews. So here's a blurb that you can accept or reject. You know, I, <laughs> I tested it out on Twitter last week, but my blurb is best old book about sisters, Little Women. Best new book about sisters, The Sweeney Sisters. <laughs> okay. I like it. <laughs> excellent. That's you very may or, good. You may or may not be able to use that. Anyway, uh, so you all... You have a lot to look forward to at the end of April. This is really, really a fascinating and fun book. And all sorts of twists and turns, too. Good. Yes. Yes. Things are yes. unexpected. Good. Yes. All right. That's, I, and some ex- excellent minor characters, too, yeah. mm. that you're going to root for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super fun to write, those minor characters. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, yeah. That's the best. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have to worry about their arc. You can just give them the funny lines and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Make them interesting. But, yeah, okay. I, I, you know, I like writing minor characters. Okay. So you need people to 
pre-order the book from their local bookstores, <laughs> sure. right? Can we just wrap this up? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. I, yes. I do. That would be helpful. People have gone in. That's yeah. helpful because it lets the indie bookstores know, oh, this book exists and someone already wants it. Yeah. And that's great. And maybe right. they'll order a couple extra copies. Same with libraries. And then um, you're just, you know, buy it when it comes out. Any, okay. Anything's <laughs> just to be right. perfectly honest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, all those things would be fantastic. Thank you, Liz. Thank okay. you. Okay. Moving on from books in Entertaining Sisters to movies, you know, over the holidays, so many great movies get released. So we thought we would just talk about a few uh, that we saw and we loved. And of course, the season began and ended with just excitement about Little Women. Yeah, that yeah. is just such a, that was such an emotional movie. It was. Like it yeah. just yeah. really yeah. like crept up on me as it went on. I was getting more and more engaged and I just loved it. Now, Leon, I went to see that with you yes. on Christmas Day with your two sons. Right. So your two sons seem to be very moved and delighted by it too. They love they love the movie. Genuinely yeah. love the movie. They both told me they teared up a couple of times in the movie. Yes. So for yeah. different I reasons. I mean, yeah, don't be afraid. Like yeah. I took my husband, he loved the movie. Yeah. It's you a know? beautiful and, movie. And, and I think I there were the our movie theater was predominantly women. There were of just a few guys, but you can take you can take your partner, your spouse, whatever to this movie. It's great. Uh so Yeah. Yeah. So it's I worth mean, seeing again too. I, I, I would totally see, see it again. again. Yes, I would totally see it again. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to lots of Oscar nominations for everyone involved <laughs> with, <laughs> with Little Women. Uh, next up, uh, I went to see 1917, which is the Sam Mendes movie about uh, World War One, And he won the Golden Globe the other night for that. Right, right. And because it's L.A. and we have this season called award season, uh, <laughs> around around town, lots of times after the movies, the people from the movie will show up and answer your questions because they assume you're some kind of voter for some kind of academy. So the Sam Mendes was there as well as the two young actors who star in the movie. So that was really interesting to hear them talk about what it was like to make this movie. I thought 1917 was thoughtful and it's it's epic yet personal and it's totally beautiful to watch is it as good as little women no (laughs) (laughs) okay no i'm sorry i know everybody's all caught up with the ooh, it's one long take and okay well it's a richard deacon yes i know the cinematographer and so it's gorgeous but i felt like little women was also beautiful it was beautiful i mean yes those scenes on the beach the scenes in their home they're like Every shot had a sort of... Didn't you want to eat that breakfast that they had? The Christmas breakfast? Yes. That was amazing. Or or skating? Oh, that pond was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So I loved the costumes. I loved it. Anyway, so 1917... Pretty darn good, but not as good as Little Women. That's okay. my that's my blurb. Okay. Okay. <laughs> blurb on that. Then a lot of people were posting in the Facebook group about movies uh, you liked or had seen, and this was one of my favorite posts from Rachel, when uh, because people had mentioned two popes as something they were liking, and she posted, "I was raised in a strong Irish Catholic family, but I'm out." Well. You know how it goes. However, I watched The Two Popes yesterday, and it blew me away. I'm not an avid film lover, but this was something else, just brilliant. Taking my Auntie Frida to see Little Women tomorrow. Please tell me there's nothing rude in it. I took her to see The Favorite last year. I'll never shed the embarrassment. <laughs> Oops. Oh, yeah. Oh, Auntie. Yes, poor Auntie. Yeah, the favorite, that had some unexpected uh, aspects to it. So Auntie Frida, maybe she'll get over it. But it made me laugh because, Julie, I remember the time we took Mom to see Magic oh, Mike. Oh, I know. I'm so, oh, we are never going to live that down either. Yeah. Magic Mike. I still, as Magic you Mike. said that about Auntie Frida, it's like not as bad as what we took our mom to. So <laughs> that was the worst. Oh, gosh. Anyway, so. <laughs> the last movie she ever went to, it by was. the way. It was. Yeah. It was. Magic Mike. Okay. okay. Although Channing Tatum. Means, I, I know. Okay. But that's yeah. Not really mom's thing. No. Uh, anyway, so, uh, but the two popes. I just want to talk about 
the art direction in The Two Popes for a second, because it's a fascinating movie, which is these two popes talking to each other. And they made it up. Obviously, this never happened. But it's sort of... Well, a, the meetings happened. Yes, yes. They but don't we, know what but was we don't said. know what they talked about. Yes. But it's sort of my dinner with Andre, except with popes, right. right? So that's what it is. But many of the scenes take place in the Sistine Chapel. And I was just wondering, how did they do that? Did they actually get approval to shoot in the Sistine Chapel, which, of course, they didn't because that's against the law. Or the Vatican <laughs> never... The only thing you're allowed to shoot in the Sistine Chapel, apparently, is uh, occasionally they let a documentary in there. It oh. has to be some real-life thing. There are okay. no fictional movies. They don't want any there. flashes or anything going on nope, in there. Yeah. No. Oh, the, yeah, that's true. Anyway, so they don't allow any narrative projects to film inside the Sistine Chapel. So Netflix actually recreated the entire interior of the chapel uh, at Rome's Cinecita Studios. You know, those are the very famous studios there. So they they rebuilt it slightly larger than scale to what it is uh, in real life. And But you thought, how did they do all of those frescoes and the paintings? So here's what they did. The team, they had photos that had been studied the photos were taken by a company that cleaned the chapel about a decade ago, okay. you know, because they're constantly removing like candle candle smoke and things like that. And then they so they could take those photographs that that company had made, they enlarged them, and then they printed them out super large size in something that's called a tattooing technique because Mm. there is such a thing as photo tattooing or something. I guess the same thing they do with temporary tattoos. So they basically tattooed the walls of this fake fake Sistine Chapel they had created with these giant blow-ups they had done from the photos of the people who had restored the Sistine Chapel, which wow. which I thought was pretty pretty cool. And well, the, they should win an award for that for tattooing. Oh, yeah. Yes, no doubt. So, but then the the actual ceiling that's all done with CG. So that okay. was all that was all fake. And but the walls were real, and the floors were print cut and laid out in a mosaic tile, and um, so that's how they put all the three pieces together. But anyway, the uh, if you're even if you're not, as I was watching, and I kept saying, would anyone who wasn't a Catholic care about this movie or ne- had never been a Catholic? I would say yes. yes. I thought it was fascinating. And Julie, you you made the point that like a lot of it happens in Argentina yes. during. So you get the whole history of current, you know, current history of Argentina. Great scenes from there, and I just think the acting is superb. And uh, yeah, and I would like to stay in that summer villa. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, visually, it's just a, a, an incredible, incredibly beautiful movie. So, yes, I can see that you would like that. It is a, you know, it's a s- struggle of two men. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's an interesting piece of filmmaking. Right. Like, what would those guys have said to right. each other? It's, you start with that as the writing exercise. Right. And it's fascinating. And that's exactly what the writer, I heard an interview with, I think Andrew McCartan is his name. And yeah. he had uh, done the um, that Churchill, Churchill movie. movie. Yeah. Right. So he's been through this before, like imagining historical dialogue. Yeah. So he has a real process and it's very thoughtful. But uh, he said, he just thought, wow, two popes, first time in 700 years. Oh, that seems like a good story. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, all right, Liz, good, good I'll detail leave it there. there. That's all. The, that's all the entertaining sisters for today. All right, uh, we would like to thank uh, our sponsors for today's show, and thanks to you, the Satellite Sisterhood, who support the people that support us. Really means a lot to us. Thank you to Sergio Enriquez, who engineers our show, and everybody here at Wondery Sunset Studio. We appreciate the support. Um, our to-do list. Okay. Oh, this is something I never thought I'd say. I am visioning this weekend. Mm. I am going to two visioning events. Wait, what? I'm doing a vision board, Liz, for the first time. Yep, I'm going to an event Friday with my friend Danielle, who's working in some visioning and life coaching and nutrition coaching now. So we're visioning together. We're supposed to bring... It's 2020. Everyone has to vision. I guess. I didn't even think of that. Why not? (laughs) What are you waiting for, Liam? Yeah, yeah, happy to be here. So go. (laughs) Happy to be here. So, and then the next day, there's like a special visioning thing at my yoga studio with restorative yoga and music and visualization. So, I signed up for that, too. Wow. By Monday, I'm going to know exactly where I'm headed. You're going to be dizzy on Monday. That's what I think. You said you haven't changed that much, but I think you have. (laughs) 
think you have a new vision for your life. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. Sneaking up on me. Yeah. That could be. Sneaking up on me. How about you, Julie? What are you up to? Well, I am going to take, I'm going to arrange to take my granddaughter, Alice, and my daughter-in-law, Vera, uh, to see Little Women. I think, first of all, for Alice, um, who's almost 13, I think this will be a great movie for her to see, a great introduction to that book. I don't think she's read it yet. And then for Vera, who is, who's not familiar with the book, she grew up in Kyrgyzstan. This was not part of their required reading. I think she will uh, love, love the story and love the movie. So I'm looking forward to the sort of three-generation uh, visit to the movies. Wow, Marmy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Urban Nana is Marmy. <laughs> Yep. All right, Liz, what are you up to this week? Well, this is attempt number two at the washer-dryer installation. Uh, you know, sisters, I had part of my finish strong was my my washer had burned out. I thought, can I fix it? No, can't fix it. No, no, no. So I just bought the new washer-dryer. They came in to install it. And, of course, I had the wrong prongs, you know, the wrong plug in Ooh, the wall. Yeah. yeah. So then I had to get the electrician in. It's just the whole thing. I'm like, I'm just, it makes me so mad. But the advantage is... <laughs> Because I had checked on that, Home Depot. Thank you very much. But anyway, so the advantage is a job that should have been finished as part of my Finish Strong in 2019 is now getting finished in 2020, where I'm like taking the long view. Right. I've got the brand new washer dryer that's going to last the decade. So I'm good. You're that's, and they have not <laughs> called while we've been doing today's show. So I now have two washers and two dryers in my relatively small condo because they Attempted to deliver it and then couldn't install it. Don't get me started. Oh, anyway. that's been nice. Yeah. Okay. Can you see why we Thanks. were surprised she painted her own floor? I mean, I got, <laughs> yes. I got a little heat for that on the Facebook group, but I'm like, yeah, just, just, that's yes, okay. we're surprised. Liz, not your fault. You tried. You tried to finish strong. I did. This is all good. I did. Good. You're springboarding into the next decade. That's all good. <laughs> all right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Have a great week, sisters. You too, Leanne. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.